0: because you cannot rely on the government to provide you with the life of your dreams or the lifestyle that you want to have when you retire. And I also don't want to wait till I'm 65 or 70, whatever the age is now, to retire. Why can't I live like that now, right? Everybody can do it.
1: It's not the mistake that matters. It's how you deal with it, what you learn from it, and how you apply that lesson to your life. Welcome to Multifamily Missteps, where your host Jerome Myers brings on apartment investors from around the country, big and small, to share with you the lessons they wish somebody would have told them. These short episodes are designed to expedite your journey to growing a profitable apartment portfolio without all the mistakes that others have made. We're super excited that you're here. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Multifamily Missteps. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got Nicole Pendergrass in from the big NYC. Hey,
0: Nicole. Hello, Jerome. Thanks for having me. This is fun. About time.
1: I know that's my fault, though. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, I reached out to Nicole back in April and said, hey, Nicole, can I get you on the show? And she said, yeah, I'll get you on my schedule. And then she <laughs> reached out one day, and she was like are you really going to do podcasts on Thanksgiving? I said, if that's the only way you're willing to fit me in, Nicole, I'm willing to do it. And she's like, no, I'm not going to be that person. And so then she extended it out weeks more. So ladies and gentlemen, Nicole Pendergrass, she's here. Can you believe it? That is not what happened, everybody.
0: It was extended one week because I wanted to be a nice person and not take up his Thanksgiving day.
1: Anyway, so... For the people who've been on The Rock and they don't know about a rock star in the space, who is Nicole and what she been up to here recently?
0: Oh man, okay. So I'm Nicole. I'm a full time W 2 worker for now, not, you know, hopefully in the coming year. I have two young toddler daughters. I'm living in New York City. I'm a multifamily investor. And I'm actually looking to get into the short-term rental space very soon as well. So I'm just trying to expand my streams of income and get like Jerome.
1: (laughs) She's being generous and nice because she made me wait so long for this interview. All right. So Nicole's (laughs) bought some property. I I think it's really important that you tell the origin story. Let's talk about the three family and the situation with mom and dad. Give them all that so they can actually understand the place where you're coming from. We need to hear about Norvest. Come on, I, I want the people to know who you are and what you're about. Give me the whole okay. thing. Okay. Okay.
0: All right. It's a it's a long story. I will try to condense it as much as possible and give a good overview of you know who I am and my origin story. So when I started investing in real estate or even learning about investing in real estate, I went to a three-day seminar that my boyfriend, now husband, invited me to because his sister couldn't go. So it was all that kind of right place, right time type of situation. And from then when I, I went to that seminar and I my mind was completely blown, and I did not know that a normal person could invest in real estate and actually make money and have freedom. And that's the thing I've been chasing all these years. It's just the freedom. It's not about the money. And so I went to that three day seminar. I signed up, I ran to the back of the class and signed up for the the upsell that they always do in these conferences. And then I just jumped in from then, and I've been researching and trying to make things work and, you know, doing direct mailers and wholesaling and buying rentals and just all these things, but with a group, so- when I graduated, I was only a few years out of college at that point. When I graduated, of course, I messed up my credit in college. And of course, I didn't have any money because I messed up my credit. And I was trying to pay off delinquencies and I just had my first job. So I just there were all these financial issues and constraints. And I didn't come from a wealthy family or didn't I know anyone who was wealthy um, or even was successful in that type of way. I just knew, you know, you go to school and then you go to work and that's just how things are. So from then the, I guess the biggest part of that story is the reason I was able to sign up for the coaching in the back of the room is because my mom used a piece of my dad's life insurance policy to pay for that because she believed in me so much and she believed in the opportunity so much. So yeah, I got to study real estate because my dad died, you know? So <laughs> it's like, you can't really say someone's lucky because would I rather have my dad here? Yeah, of course. And I know that there's other ways that I could have learned about real estate, but I didn't know that then. And I thought if I didn't have this opportunity, my chance was out the door and I didn't know how else I would do it because I didn't know anyone else doing it. And those were my my only access point was to sign up for the class through this program. Um, so I did that and years later, fast forward, networking, going to being a member of the New York City RIA, going to all the conferences, studying all the different techniques, even multifamily conferences. I was heavy on that because I love the idea of multifamily, but I always thought that was something I would get into later in my journey after I was much more established and I had a portfolio and I had more money and all these things that were self-limiting beliefs because I didn't know any better at that time. And so Fast forward, I finally was able to close on my three family house in the Bronx. And that was after a few condos I had been looking at fell through. And that's not, I think they fell through for a reason because that's not my path. That wasn't my journey. That wasn't what I even wanted. I wanted a three family or a four family house. And so I actually used some of the techniques from my wholesaling or trying to wholesale days to send direct mail to three and four family properties in the Bronx, which is the area that I was looking. And one of the letters that I sent out, one of those owners responded and that's the property I ended up purchasing. And my journey kind of really started from then. I feel like that one purchase, even though I had done some a few ventures before, they didn't really work out. I feel like that purchase was the, the impetus of my, my journey actually taking off.
1: Wow. That was a wild ride. And so you got the, I don't know if I want to call it burden, but you have the weight of this investment in me by my mom from an unfortunate incident. I've got to produce. I've got to actually complete the mission. I can't have this investment and then not produce on the backside of it. And so you do that, you keep working, you keep fighting. And I think the place that I'll go next is, did you want to quit? Like, Did you say, oh man, like this is harder than they said it was going to be? Was there any of that for you on the journey?
0: No, actually, I guess, because like you said, I had that weight. I had that I have to pay my mom back. And, and it wasn't just paying her back the money she paid for the course. It was the whole reason that was my why. Like I grew up watching my mom work two to three jobs because my dad was on disability because he had health issues. And so she's working two to three jobs to support a family of seven because I have four brothers. And to me, it was like, I don't want her to work two or three jobs till so she conks over, right? Like I want her to have the option to step away from her job or to have freedom. I want to fund her retirement to live the lifestyle that she wants, because I know my mom, she likes to travel. She likes to shop on Amazon. She likes to do all these things. Like she would love a condo in the city that she can go when she wants to go up to the city for the day. She got someplace to stay. My mom is a little fancy and I want to provide that for her, you know? So that was my why. I never had the thought to quit. And I had plenty of reasons and plenty of situations that would have made other people probably quit or throw in the towel. I think the biggest frustration for me was that it was taking so long. That was what I was, I knew it would take a while, but in my head, I thought, oh, a year or two, something like that. That's a long time, but no, it's it's been way longer than that.
1: Okay. 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 So she's determined. She knows what's going to happen. And I think that's the mindset you have to go into the space with. I think the thing that she did allude to though, is it's taking so long and the commitment to keep doing the activity until you actually get the outcome is where I think most people get lost in the sauce. And so I appreciate you being transparent on that piece because some people think, Hey, I'm just going to go to the class and then next week I'm going to have the deal. And then I'm going to be retired three months from now. And depending on who you listen to, that may be what they tell you, but I don't think that's actually how it plays out for the vast majority of people in this space. So you started a company and I think the website's amazing. So let's talk about the company a little bit before we dive into your multifamily stories.
0: Well, thank you very much. That website was, you know, I, I love it. I think it came out very well. Well, that's one of the things don't, if you're not skilled at something, hire somebody else to do it. So somebody else built that website for me, because I know I would not have been able to produce something of that caliber. Like, you know, I just talked to them about what I wanted, but the, the company, the vision is that I want to help, I guess, selfishly people like me who come from backgrounds where, they weren't exposed to people who are wealthy. They weren't su- exposed to like success or real estate investors or any other avenues for obtaining freedom and obtaining choices that we are all fed, I guess, the dogma of go to school, get a job, contribute to your 401k, retire, and then live the life of your dreams on lesser salary. Like, I don't know how that works and how that even like... Is still like the the roadmap that's given and people just like, oh yeah, when you retire, you're going to be, but the whole point of investing in your 401k is because then when you go out, like you're going to be taxed after you retire on a lesser income, but then they, on the other hand, they're telling you, oh, you can go on cruises. you got to be free to do what you want to do. But then also you're not as best physical condition and you have less money. So how are you living the life of your dreams when you retire if you follow the footprints that everyone is telling you is like the way to do things? And that's, that's not what I believe. I'm fortunate to have been exposed to the truth and to the opportunities that are really out there. And so I wanted to, through my company, Educate people on that and give them opportunities to invest in real estate and to just change their mindset and let them know that even if you want to invest in your 401k, if you feel for some crazy reason that that's stable, at least have these other streams of income built up because you cannot rely on the government to provide you with the life of your dreams or the lifestyle that you want to have when you retire. And I also don't want to wait till I'm 65 or 70, whatever the age is now, to retire. Why can't I live like that now, right? Everybody can do it, but it takes a little bit more maybe upfront sacrifice and upfront thinking outside of the box than a lot of people are comfortable with. And I just want people to know, break out of that mold Get out of your comfort zone because that's where growth really happens. And you need to just think differently. If you're going to, you can't follow the herd of sheep because they're going to lead you off a cliff. You have to think different and do different. And that's what my company stems from is for helping the marginalized minority communities build wealth that we were supposed to build years ago, centuries ago, when we built this country. That's where Norvest Holdings comes from. Noir is the French word for black and invest. So black invest kind of mixed together.
1: A lot of people wanna be profitable multifamily operators but lack the knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital to be successful. They often try to overcome these challenges out of order, slowing or eliminating their ability to get the next deal done. We have developed a framework that allows them to gain the knowledge they need to find profitable deals. When they use our system, they create time and location freedom, as well as the generational wealth they desire for their family. The Multifamily Kickstart Program has proven to be the fastest way to establish credibility and build a profitable apartment portfolio. Hop over to JeromeMyers.co to find out more. Information. Ooh, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so with all that said, Right, we're we're deep in. They got a really good understanding of who you are and kind of not kind of what you're about. You own property, right? You yeah. and you don't buy in New York City outside of the three family that you have. So let's talk about one of your deals and see if we can save some people from some heartache and pain of making multifamily missteps.
0: Yes, please. By avoiding the missteps that I've made, right? Uh, <laughs> So the deal that I have is a six unit out in Pennsylvania. And um, I actually got it. It was listed online. So it was something that was, wasn't was a direct-to-seller type of situation. And this was during the pandemic. So we bought it in December of 2020. So everything that's been online in the residential and the commercial space has just been extremely overpriced. Um, so it was very surprising when we saw this property come up that it was priced the way it was because it was priced pretty reasonably for the area. And we, uh, my partner and I, we talked about it. We put in an offer that weekend. And then I think there were a few other offers and ours beat out the, the other offers. So one, I think we just put in a full price offer without doing the underwriting. We were really like, just from looking at the price per door in that market, I kind of figured like that is a good deal. Like that's something that we would be able to turn around and make money on. And because we needed to move quickly, we said, okay, let's just go in at full price. And so when it was accepted, and when I found out there were other authors I thought, oh man, am I boo-boo the fool? Because you know, if your offer gets accepted in a multi bid situation, you're overpaying or the other investors see something that you don't see. So I immediately went into panic mode and was like, help me, who can help me analyze? Like I need to analyze it now. And we already put in the, the earnest money and everything. I don't even know what day the earnest money went hard. There was a lot in the very beginning that I was not, informed of because I just was like flowing and it just happened so fast. So, I mean, in that in and of itself, that's a warning. Just to <laughs> make sure, either you know your market extremely well, and you're so dialed in, you can someone tells you a block, you know exactly where that's at and what the rents of that area and everything are, so that you could be more confident just putting in offers quickly like that. Or you have a really good team on the ground that you can super trust to to let you know that the price you're paying is is going to be a good
1: price. So. You made the offer, you hadn't fully underwrote it, you sent money, you're under contract, and... Was it everything you thought it was? What's the difference? What'd you find out in this process? What'd you uncover? Talk to me.
0: Okay. So actually the, my partner was already investing in the market. And so he had a banker, a property manager, property management team is probably is vertically integrated with construction and, and all those things in place. So I didn't even have to send anything. The banker walked the cuz he's his office is right next door to property manager's office who also has a closing company so the banker walked the closing the escrow check over to the office of the uh property manager who's going to handle the closing but from then I kind of like I hopped on the phone with a few different people trying to figure out and have them help me underwrite the deal. Like, And that's where mentors come in. And it's so crucial because now you can look at you can ask them and say, but I mean, you should do this before you get a deal under contract. But you can at least go and ask them to say, look, these are this is what I'm looking at. Where are the holes in my underwriting? Where, What am I not considering being a newbie that could make or break the deal? And that's something that before I even started in multifamily, in my journey, I joined a community first because that was one of the things I really wanted to be able to leverage was the experience and knowledge of people who were already doing this and were where I wanted to be in the future. And so I actually, I did leverage them, I mean, a little bit. Too late, But it's not too late because, you know, everything works out. So where we are now is actually after we closed, we've been turning units. And one of the other things that didn't really go in my favor is I was trying to get a construction loan when we were closing and that's what I wanted to apply for so that we could have maybe an interest only period in our loan we could use some of the the money to help financing the repairs because I knew there were going to be a, a lot of repairs needed for this property because it was a typical mom and pop kind of situation, the owner's husband had passed away a couple of years earlier and she had nothing to do with the real estate holdings. So she didn't remember the last time she was even at the property because when I went on the pre-purchase inspection tour, she was there. And so we were talking and just small talk during the time. So I found out a lot about um. Her involvement with the building before, and there were things she was like, "Oh, when did that get there? Well, I don't even know what that is over there." Like she just didn't, she just wasn't involved in it. And so I knew from walking it that we were going to have to do repairs. And so I was talking with the banker. We're trying to figure out like, can we get a construction loan or some type of interest only period to help with the turn? And it just wasn't. It was. It was kind of like I just I was fighting with people. It, it was like. No one wanted to give, not not concessions, but it was like, no one was really trying to work with me. And I don't know where the disconnect came. I don't know if it's just my negotiation skills or how I talk to people, but it was kind of like, yeah, everyone wants the bank to finance the repairs, huh? (laughs) And I'm like, well, why are you going to finance the purchase of the building that needs repairs? Because if we can't repair it, then guess what? You will be taking it back. And so that was like a frustrating (laughs) kind of situation for me too because now I had to come up with a way to self-finance these repairs. Luckily, I was able to leverage my three-unit building that had equity that I had already refied earlier. And I had some capital left there that I was able to pull from to help with that process. That capital at this point is very low. I will be completely honest, it is draining and I'm I'm struggling to get some other financing together, but The good news is we have only one more unit to turn. So out of the six, we've already turned five. We have one more left that he should be vacating this month. I'm still waiting to get word back on that. So that's the last one. And then once we do that, we'll be able to refinance in the spring. And we've basically to this point doubled the rents. So we basically doubled the value of the building. And so that's been great. I know it'll work out. Like I'm still crossing my fingers on this tail end of of financing situation. But I think with COVID, it actually pushed rents up way higher than we had anticipated. So even when I did do my underwriting, I was thinking we'd get like eight fifty in rents, and the current rents were in between um we even had one as low as four fifty, but most of them were in that five fifty to six hundred range and so we were thinking like eight fifty that's still a huge jump, right? I think our highest rent there was six fifty, but then now we're getting like nine seventy five for the units so it's kind of insane what's been happening in the markets especially this is a drivable market from new york city and philadelphia and those type of suburban markets that are still drivable because a lot of people are able to work from home and they don't have to come into the office all the time even with things opening up i still have friends and i know people who are not going back into the office until maybe next year or or maybe even ever or they only have to go into the office a couple of days a week so if you can live for half the cost by driving an hour away you know what i mean like the people are doing that to increase their quality of life and their lifestyle so for us right now is working out great we're at the tail end, you know, before we get this refinance done, just that that financing, if that's one thing I would say, just make sure you you work with other people, have different quotes from different banks, establish those relationships before you need them. So that way when you actually have a deal under contract, you're not having to fight to the nail to try to get someone to, you know give you a good good rates on a on a property or on a um a loan that you're doing. So that's just one of the things I learned from that. And it kind of tied my hands because my partner was already established and used this this broker, this mortgage broker all the time. Actually he wasn't a mortgage broker because he was working with one specific bank. So my partner was already using this banker. He already using this property management company. He already had these things in in place. So on the one hand, it was great because I got to step into a pre-established team that was already ready to roll and ready to operate. On the other hand, it was a learning experience because I had to learn how they work while still holding on to the expectations of what I wanted to occur with the purchase and operations of the building. So it's it's a a fine balancing act and it's something that I'm still learning how to negotiate through and But I've learned a lot that I can take into the next purchase.
1: Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And so the last question I have is the same one I ask all of my guests. What words of wisdom do you have for the listeners?
0: (sighs) Okay. I, I have a few, I guess. Join a team, join a group. Like you need, especially if you're new, you need that confidence of someone who's experienced to be able to kind of guide you. You may not always listen to that advice, but <laughs> but at the same time, it's just it just puts that like confidence on your shoulder to help you move forward and not have analysis paralysis. And then also just once you learn just pull the trigger sometimes. I've heard a lot of successful people say they jumped out the window and built the plane on the way down. And I guess that's what I did with this property. Does not always work out? Sometimes you may crash, but that's a risk that you're going to take, right? So that's a risk I took is working out, but just have faith and faith over fear and expect great things in your future and just take those steps and and small steps every day will amount to a, a great long journey. Just, you have to take the first step to just keep moving.
1: This has been so awesome, Nicole. I I really enjoy going on this journey with you. Your inception story is nothing short of inspiring. And then to see the progress that you've made over the past year, year and a half, and to turn six units in that amount of time and self-funding it is no small task. And so really excited for you guys as you complete your business plan and, begin to roll that into other deals. And I think if you don't feel any squeeze, if you don't feel any pressure, then you're probably not playing up against your limits. And so you've been playing big as long as you could play. And I think you're definitely an inspiration to all the folks out there who are looking to make that next step. So thank you so much for sharing with the listeners and me. Okay, thank you
0: for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry it took me so long to get on. That is
1: my fault guys i've been waiting since april on this thing i've been waiting since april anyway to the listeners of pax with you we'll talk soon made it all the way to the end so that means you love this episode of multifamily missteps i need a favor from you the only way this show grows is if more people know about it so do me a favor take a screenshot and post it on your favorite social media platform and tag me in it who knows we may have you as the next guest I look forward to sharing the episode with you next week.